Welcome to Reception Insider. I'm Cathy Back from the RACGP's Tasmanian Faculty. And I'm Anne Davis with the New South Wales and ACT Faculty. And today we are talking about the tea room. The tea room can really make or break the harmony in a practice. Oh, it sure can. I mean, we've all worked in different workplaces and each of them seems to have a different tea room culture, don't you think? I totally agree. Absolutely. Medical practices can vary enormously. It's funny, one practice I had worked in had a sign up because it was so messy and people wouldn't clean up after themselves. The sign said, your mother doesn't work here, so you need to clean up after yourself. And yet in some, there's someone in the practice, a staff member that is super clean. And so they ensure that everything is absolutely pristine and sparkling because just that's their preference. So we have two ends of the story messy or absolutely glorious. So should the sparkling tea room though be the concern of only one person or do you think that is fair? I guess everyone has their own cleanliness standards. One person's messy might be another person's tidy and vice versa. I certainly see this in my own family. So I guess where does tolerance and team approach fit in with the tea room? There does need to be a little bit of give and take Absolutely. I think everyone needs to moderate their expectations to a common sort of level of acceptance. And I think maybe if you come up as a team with a collaborative set of sort of etiquette rules that you can all agree to, you might find that that would work better. And I think if everybody has a part in deciding the level, the standards that you expect and, you know, what you expect of each person, then it's more likely that you'll get buy-in from all the staff. I agree. So, Kathy, do you think it's possible to have a clean and friendly tea room? I mean, how would you approach the tea room situation? Well, well, it's a very tricky one. I think having a roster, I think first of all, you need to establish at what level you expect the tea room to be. You know, if there's a few things out, is that okay? Or does it always have to be a clean sink, everything washed up immediately? So I think once you've decided on your overall standards that you expect to be maintained, it's worth setting up a bit of a roster so that it isn't just one super clean person that does everything. So I think it's good to have a roster of, you know, who tidies up, who's going to load the dishwasher, who's going to empty the dishwasher or wash up if that's the case. What happens to all that food that's stuck at the back of the fridge that's going mouldy? (laughs) Who cleans out the fridge? And who looks after providing milk and biscuits and coffee and all those sorts of things? Just setting up a bit of a roster can sometimes help. I do remember one practice I was working at, they didn't have a roster approach, but we had one lady who really liked a clean fridge. And so she set up a system where she would clean it out every Friday. And I can remember some days that she would be coming into me and telling me about what she'd found in the fridge. (laughs) Not that I actually wanted to know. Kind of been too bad after only one week. So rosters are really good and you've talked about getting people on board with, you know, the etiquette rules, but are there other things that we can do as a team to get everyone to keep up with the rosters? Look, absolutely. I think if the team has a good culture and if they're a team is used to working together and considering each other, that will make a big difference. And sometimes working on the team culture can help fix all these sort of things. Just getting the team used to working together and talking about how a messy kitchen impacts other people. I think that's important as well. Just letting people know what level of cleanliness you're comfortable with and why it might upset you. So I think that's very worth having. 
And what if someone doesn't follow the roster? How would you suggest that was managed? Well, this is always the issue, isn't it? Speak to your practice manager. I mean, if you're not comfortable speaking politely and respectfully to the person who's doing it, let your practice manager do it. I think that's a really good way. I mean, if it's someone who you're very friendly with and close to, you can make it a bit of a joke and sort of say, look, you know, when you leave the kitchen in a really big mess, it makes me feel anxious or, you know, let people know why you don't like it. The big thing to do is to be really respectful. When this happens, I feel like this, not you're a terrible person for leaving the kitchen in this filthy state and I can't cope with it. You know, that's making it a very personal attack. If you are able to reflect that the situation of a filthy tea room makes you feel anxious and and uncomfortable, then the person might consider your feelings a little bit more for the next time. You know, they might understand a little bit more why you like it clean. And I guess too, if your practice is large enough, maybe the roster is a buddy system, having two people working together to keep the tea room sparkling. And in fact, it doesn't have to be stark sparkling, it just needs to be clean. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess here are some ideas of how you can work with your team to try and make the tea room a harmonious place where you can all get together and enjoy each other's company, have a bit of a break away from the front line of the practice and not end up having World War III in the tea room. That brings us to the end of this podcast on the tea room. Thank you for listening and thank you for doing what you do.